And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Friday, everybody. We've got all your NBA offseason action and rumors right here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Dave DeFore, joined as I am only when I go on his podcast, Wizards After Dark, by Fred Katz. Hi, Fred. I'm so in podcast debt to you that I'm glad to uh, start my my paying it back. Oh, don't worry. I'm going to ask for like a lump sum payment. You're just going to host Nerder She Wrote for like three months. It's going to be great. Uh, we also got Andrew Select pushing some buttons behind the scenes. Don't miss out on the in-depth coverage that you can only find at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. Get an all-access subscription for just $1 a week. That's insane. That can't be right. Fred, I think this has got to be a, a some kind of typo. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, a dollar a week. That's insane. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. Get an all-access subscription. Just $1 a week. Coming up on today's show, Chris Paul might be moving to the Valley of the Sun. But first, Houston, we have a problem. Again, our own Sham Sharania is reporting that the Rockets, Russell Westbrook, once out of Houston. Fred Katz, you covered this man in Oklahoma City. What do you think about this story? Are we shocked at all? I'm not. No, not at all. It seemed to be building towards this. Uh, I, I, You know what's the most interesting part of this story to me? That Russ wants something closer to the culture that he voluntarily left a year ago. And want something closer to the culture where we can he can be in a ball handling role um, where like I don't know where he's getting a winning culture and a place where he can be in a full on ball handling role where, by the way, his usage last year was still very high. He and James Harden made up a very large proportion of that offense. And he mostly played in the way that he tends to play, say, for maybe a month and a half long stretch. Uh I don't know where he is going to get all of those ideal things and still be in somewhat of a winning situation, right? No, I mean, he's going to go to a losing team. Almost almost definitely. I, I can't imagine he's going to a team that is a serious playoff competitor. I mean, that the contract that he's on, and everyone knows how much I hate only talking about player contracts, but the contract he has, I mean, he can he's going to have to go to a team with space or with a player that they can match the contract with. Like if you're Houston and you're moving him, you want to get off the money, I'm assuming. Yeah, knowing I mean, what we know about the ownership. Dave, let's talk about contracts then. Because to me, there's like a distinct irony of a guy who everybody agrees is on a bottom fill-in-the-blank contract. I don't know what you want to say. Bottom five contract, bottom mm -hmm. ten contract in the league. A guy on that contract saying, yeah, I'd like to be traded. Because by definition, if you're on that 
low, lowly regarded a contract, that team would probably be down to trade you and is going to struggle to do so. It's like if Andrew Wiggins went to the Warriors and was like, you know what? I'd really like it if you guys traded me for a star. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, we've been trying, bud. Like, no kidding. So I, there's like a distinct irony to this whole situation where it's like, it, it almost doesn't matter what Russ's list is. They're, they're not going to be able to wedge him into whatever that list is. His list was Houston. And then for whatever the reason, it didn't work out the way he wants. And, and that's fine. But he's going to have to go wherever somebody will take him. And I don't know how many situations there are that are really going to be going to be bringing him on. You know, like, well, he may require some picks may have to go with him just like it took picks to get him. Like, of course, OKP, OKC pick swaps, man. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Like those could end up. We talked about it so much when it happened of like, look at all the picks that OKC got for Paul George and for Russell Westbrook. But now the fact that they have those pick swaps and we OKC is clearly probably as soon as next year going to transfer into a full on rebuild and you can call it a tank or whatever you want, but they're not going to be a playoff team. But by the time those pick swaps kick in, they might not even have incentive to tank because Houston might just be totally bottoming out and they might just be able to be good. And then at the end of the year, do what Boston did with the nets. Like I'm not saying that's for sure going to happen. There are so many variables and hypotheticals between now and when those pick swaps kick in. But that is like of all the universes that this plays out that happens in multiple universes. Any, any chance Oklahoma city would, would offer Chris Paul to Houston in exchange for Russell Westbrook and some more picks. I, I think that that's kind of the chaos trade we all need. That would be the greatest. Yeah. Uh, apparently, according to our own Sham Sharania, the Hornets have emerged as a potential suitor. Uh, how do you feel about Russell Westbrook bringing the Hornets to the eighth seed and getting swept? You know what I think is the most interesting about the Russ Hornets angle? Is And I, I don't know the answer to this, by the way. I've, I have no idea what the answer to this is, but I'm just going to pose the question. Often when you see a team like the Hornets get in the conversation for a team, for a player like Russell Westbrook, where it's just like huge name, tons of fans, former MVP who is, you know, kind of on the down at the best at the back end of his prime. When you see a team like the Hornets get in on that big contract, it's it's the cliche that you always hear. It's to get asses in the seats, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there are no more asses to put in the seats during this pandemic. And like, yeah, you can sell jerseys and you know, TV ratings matter to a degree and all of those things. But like, I wonder if you can't have attendance or you are capped at a certain amount of fans that you can actually bring into the arena this year if you're the Hornets, because they they may be able to have you know a small number of fans in the arena. How much does that affect? You're wanting to bring in a guy who is going to be a seat filler. Uh, I don't really know the answer, but if if part of your logic is this guy, we're going to sell out. Like we are going to be the Hornets selling out because people will want to see Russell Westbrook because they do. Everyone, he's a lightning rod and he is fun to watch and people want to watch him play. And his fans get behind him like crazy. But if they can't come. Like, I, I just, I don't know if that comes into the conversation at all, but like, I feel like if you're 
the Hornets front office and you're having the meeting, like someone probably brings that up at least for a sentence, right? Probably. Uh, and in case you're wondering, per our own Shamsharania and Kelly Eco, James Harden is committed to the Rockets and locked in for the season. Do you make anything of of this Harden report coming out on the heels of the Westbrook Westbrook trade demand? Um, not in particular. I mean, I again, I feel like that kind of makes sense with everything that we're seeing, right? I mean, Harden is has yielded a lot of uh, power within the organization. It's it's been his organization, and there's been a lot of changes, but we've seen a lot of things happen and hires occur and all those things because he liked them. Um, so, including the Russell Westbrook trade, right? So I, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. The Chris Paul trade was something that he wanted. The Russell Westbrook trade was something that he wanted. It makes sense that he would be that he would be committed there, right? Yeah, Did I mean, it surprise he, you? No, not at all. He holds all the cards, right? If you have an organization bending over backwards to keep you happy, why would you want to leave? Uh, especially since you're at least mostly competitive. I mean, let's see what they look like next year, but uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason for them for sure. And I mean, because, look, go ahead. If the Rockets, yeah, it's. I think we talk about the Rockets because they were disappointing to a degree and because they've decimated their kind of tr- their potential trove of assets to such a degree that their future looks relatively bleak. We talk about the Rockets like they're some bad team when in reality they're just like a drama filled team. They had drama with Mike D'Antoni and drama with Daryl Morey. And now they've got drama, not just with Russell Westbrook, but also apparently with Daniel house and with PJ Tucker and all these other reported things that were in the, the, the reported story with, with Amick and Shams and, and Kelly Eco. There's drama, but the Rockets are good. Like they're good. They could trade Russ and still be good. Like they they mm-hmm. could still be a 50 win team. James Harden is that good. And if you build around him with the right role players and get the right guys, you can trade Russell Westbrook and you can avoid going into the luxury tax and you can still be good because James Harden is a freaking great player and he is too good for a team that he is on to be flat out bad. He's just, as long as he is this good, a team that he's on is just not going to be bad. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, since the NBA revolves around the Oklahoma City Thunder these days, uh, we've got other news from Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. The Oklahoma City Thunder and Phoenix Suns are currently engaged in talks on a potential Chris Paul trade. We don't know any of the particulars of this, but we do know that they are apparently having conversations. 
you know, I don't see the fit for Chris Paul in Phoenix. I, I get like Chris Paul's great player. He can play next to anyone and certainly would make Booker and Aiton better. But it's more a timeline thing. Like if you're Chris Paul, do you want to go to Phoenix who, you know, let's say best case scenario with Chris Paul are the eighth seed, seventh seed, maybe? Do, do you want to do that or, or would you rather go to a team that is maybe in that top four in one of the conferences? Does he have much of a choice? I think he does. I think he's got a market. And so it, it certainly seems as if he and OKC are kind of working together on this, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the only other team that I could think of that really fits the description you're talking about is potentially Miami, right? Mm-hmm. If they could work something out and, and we know they've had conversations with Miami before. I actually disagree with you. I I think Phoenix is a pretty good basketball fit for Chris Paul. I think that team could be good. Like you, I, I you and I the feel the basketball fits fine. The basketball yeah. fits fine. It's the timeline. You know, Chris Paul's going to be thirty five years old. Uh, that's a team that is looking to compete. I think two years from now, maybe. Um, if they're trading for Chris Paul, they're looking to compete now. Absolutely. I think I think Booker is ready to be that awesome lead guy on a team. I feel pretty confident about that. And I think you and I feel similarly about Aiton, right? Oh, yeah. I, I think Aiton. All right. We, we've talked about Aiton on podcasts mm-hmm. before. Like, I, I really like DeAndre Aiton. He gets, he gets more criticism than he should because by no fault of his own, he was picked number one overall in, the, in a draft class that had Luka Doncic and shouldn't have been the number one overall pick. So it's the first thing everybody brings up about him. But that guy is good, talented, and has consistently improved on both ends of the floor over the last two years. Incredibly and productive for his age. Totally. And much, I mean, you watch him defend. You watch him defend in the bubble compared to how he defended in like November of his rookie year. My goodness, what a difference. He's yeah, that, so he's so much better. The improvement curve for him is incredible. Yeah, so he's only 21 or 22 years old and the improvement curve, we've seen nothing but even more than steady improvement from him. We've seen rapid improvement from him. I don't see why he's not going to be better next year. Um so I and I I love from a chemistry fit. I love Chris Paul next to to Booker. Uh, Booker is is an underrated passer and an underrated facilitator. He's good at it. But to me, if you can have an elite point guard next to him where that guy can do a lot of facilitating and Booker can beast running off screens, stretching the floor, all those things, you just get him to do a steady diet of different things that he's good at. And I really like him being used like that, almost similar to a guy who I cover like Bradley Beal. I think it's it's very similar the ideal way to use those guys. Yeah, Bradley Beal and Devin Booker, they they can they can run a ton of pick and roll in a game and lead an offense. But if you want them ideally, you can use them in all the different types of sets that they're really effective in and you can confuse the hell out of a defense. And when you have a point guard who like Chris Paul who's still really good, uh who I put second team all NBA last year, I think he's still a, a great player as long as he can stay healthy. That takes a lot of the burden off. And it gives many more different types of sets that you can run. And getting back to what Chris Paul wants, like I don't, I never covered Chris Paul. I don't know him personally, but he seemed to really embrace being like the leader on a young team last year. I, at least outwardly, he didn't seem to hate it at all. And 
I think the top two players on Phoenix are probably better than what the top two players were in Oklahoma City last year. And they've got some other younger guys who I like. Like, I like Bridges. I think Bridges is going to be a nice player. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some other guys there who who I think are going to develop into nice players. Like, I could see them trading for Chris Paul and being a playoff team. that and like, getting swept in the first round. Maybe. 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 I, I mean, again, I, the basketball fit is is obvious. I, I mean, I think on, on the court – Chris Paul would accentuate a lot of the things Devin Booker is good at. It would give him an uh, an option that can knock down a shot reliably. You know, and I love Rubio, but he's never going to scare you as a shooter. And so I get that part of it. It's more about that timeline for me. And so I want to watch this. I do think that, you know, Philly, Milwaukee, New York Knicks are obviously three teams to keep an eye on with Chris Paul because, you know, those are teams that could use him or maybe just want the star power. Knicks. Let me ask. Let me ask you a question. What are what are the ideal trades then that you're making there? Like for me, at least with Phoenix, like I don't want to give up the number 10 pick in that Chris Paul trade. I'm not mm-hmm. that enthused about it. I'm 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 giving up the salary to make it happen, but I'm I'm not trying to give up the number 10 pick to take on Chris Paul's money as great of a player as I think he is. Like what what to you are the ideal Milwaukee or or Philly trades? Well, I mean, there's gonna be a lot of salary stuff, and I'm assuming just future picks. I, I'm not I'm not really sure. It's a weird market as far as trades go. Nobody's giving up anybody young. It's not like Philly is going to trade Ben Simmons for Chris Paul. Um, would they maybe give up Josh Richardson? I mean, that's an interesting piece if you're OKC. It's a very interesting piece. He's he's on a pretty friendly mm-hmm. salary, too. Would so, fit nicely next to Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah. Something to yes. watch. In other Oklahoma City Thunder news, they finally have a coach. They have promoted assistant coach Mark Dignalt to head coach. Uh, Fred, you know this guy? Tell me about him. Yeah, you know, it's it's so funny. Um, so many people just know so little about him outside of Oklahoma City. And I feel like in Oklahoma City, kind of the talk from the beginning was like, yeah, watch, watch Mark Dignall. He's he is he is the dark horse in this whole thing. And it's because he he came on years and years ago. He's only 35 years old and he was a grad assistant or maybe player development guy. I think I forget which one it is, but at University of Florida and uh, Sam Presti met him. When he was down there scouting, I think he might have been scouting Bradley Beal at the time. And eventually he ends up hiring him uh, to coach in the G League. He became the G League coach and he's the first. The first G League coach to become the full time head coach with the same organization he was the G League coach for. And I think that's a very thunder thing, which is why I kind of thought he was a dark horse from the beginning. He knows the organization very well, and the Thunder are all about organizational synergy and being on the same page and having those sorts of priorities. And I think he also probably went into that job process with a with with a really good understanding of what the organization wants because he had been around the organization for years and years and years. He'd been a coach there for you know some like seven years, where he was in the he was coaching in the G League for a long time. And then he was coaching, uh, you know, as an assistant for two years. The first thing I will say about Mark Dagnall, and I normally don't say this about 
people who I cover because I find it rarely contributes very much and it can only kind of come back to bite you in the ass, but I feel comfortable saying it about Mark. The first thing anybody says about Mark whenever you bring him up is that he is the nicest guy. Uh, The elation from people who know him, who I spoke to yesterday when he got that job, like it wasn't normal. People, People weren't just saying, oh, wow, that's great for him. I mean, people were so excited. I I spoke to a couple of former assistant coaches of his in the G League, and man, they were so thrilled. It was like they got the job themselves, and they just were freaking about how he is the greatest guy, and they've never been so happy for someone. I spoke to Jarrell Christian, who's now an assistant coach with the Wizards, and uh, Jarrell called him the highest character person I've ever known. Um, People just love that guy. And you've seen some of that stuff on social media from some of his former players. Um, Kevin Hervey tweeting about, uh, you know, how he's like, what did he say? One of the the best men he's ever known and all this similar kinds of stuff. And people just love that guy. His players play very hard for him. He is from Massachusetts, is a diehard Patriots fan, and is obsessed with Bill Belichick. And I've been warned he's, he's going to quote Bill Belichick all the time in his press conferences. Um, he has these kind of weird splicings um, with Bruce Springsteen into his practices, so he will endear himself to sports writers. Um, he's young, and he's going to have to develop his NBA coaching personality, but I think the Thunder are excited about that because that's kind of what they're doing. Like It's a development for the coach. It's a development for the team as they go along for this ride when they try to rebuild, Uh, and I I think they probably feel good about the hire because they've known him for so long and know him so well. Yeah, it's funny because I had texted you, what, a day before the news broke with a Mm -hmm. different name from another organization, another assistant coach. And I was like, I'm I'm hearing so much about this guy in Oklahoma City. And you you told me, uh, I was, no, 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 I think it's this other guy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. How'd that yep. work out? Neither anyway, I'm excited. Right. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Such, uh, such, by the way, is the Oklahoma City way, where people, where, where everybody in the media and everybody in the league is talking, oh, I hear it's going to be this guy. And then it absolutely doesn't end up being that guy. Yeah, I'm I'm excited because it's another new coach. And, you know, I've talked about this a lot on Nerder. Uh, Steven Silas in Houston, another guy who overwhelmingly people were just excited and happy for to take the coaching job. Every time you add a new coach, you're, you're adding more uh, creativity, right? It's, it's like adding another artist to a mural. And so I'm really curious to see how he comes. And, man, I love the G League coaches getting promoted. We, we saw what Nick Nurse was able to do. We've seen what guys like Taylor Jenkins have been able to do. Uh, I'm excited to see what Oklahoma City is doing next year. I know it's not going to be the team that they were this year, um, but I, I do think that we're going to see a unique style out of them. They've got a lot of unique players, so I'm curious to see how a new coach is going to handle it. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about all our other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. you got Wizards After Dark with Fred Katz. We've got all your favorite shows, The Athletic NBA Show, No Dunks, House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows that aren't Wizards After Dark by some of your favorite athletic beat writers. Don't forget to follow the shows that you want to listen to on the app. You get a notification every time a new episode drops, and you get them early. 
If you're not a member of The Athletic, you are in luck. You can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus the amazing writing across all sports for a super low price. Get a subscription today. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. You never know how, how long these promos are going to last. So go sign up now. Thank you guys for waking up with us. As always, Fred, do you know what to do here? I have no idea what to do here. This is typically where the person in your seat yeah. would go. Ding, ding. All right. I did know that. All right. Do I ding now or do I? Do ah, it's I too late. Later? It's too late. I, I took your ding. <laughs> this is staying in the podcast. I hope so. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.